good to have you guys if you're watching online as well. We are excited that you're joining with us. I am excited about what we've been doing lately. We've been walking through the book of James, and I've found it very transformational. I've found this to be one of the most transformational uh, books in the Bible. And one of the things that I dove into last week is the fact that it's not just a book of the Bible, but it's actually a letter written to the church by James, who was uh, an apostle, a, a leader in the early church, but he was also the blood brother of Jesus, which I find to just be fascinating. And he starts off his letter just describing himself as a servant of God. And then he immediately addresses the church going through trials and, and how to have some perspective on it. And we're going to dive back into it tonight. And I'm praying that it's going to be a blessing to your life. I'm praying that God is going to speak to you because I know that I, know that I need to hear from God on a daily basis. And I believe that you need to hear from God on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the fact that he speaks to us through his word and it's always on time. God's word is always on time. And if you'll allow him, I believe that he'll speak to you tonight. I believe that he'll address some areas of your life, uh, that he'll align your heart with his heart tonight, align your perspective with his perspective tonight. And that's one of the greatest gifts that he could give to you and me. And so I just want to pray for us. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for your truth. Lord, we just invite you. Lord, we've been inviting you, but we invite you again. Lord, to just have your way. We say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Lord, would you give us truth, grace, Lord, what we need to sustain us and move forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard there were some new people in the house tonight. If you don't know me, my name is Vance. My wife, Gabrielle, and I, we are the young adult pastors here at Victory. She is at home right now taking care of our 15-month-old son, and she is pregnant with another baby. And that little girl will be here in December, and life is changing fast, moving fast. And I've just found that in this season of my life, uh, I'm praying a lot. And I don't mean praying a lot like admirable prayer, you know, like that, man, a, a deep man of God prayer. I mean like a help me God <laughs> prayer life is where I'm at right now. I've found my prayers uh, becoming less and less professional <laughs> and more just desperate and personal. And man, how do I manage all of this? Like, how do I do everything that I'm supposed to do well? How do I manage what's in front of me? And, and I find that life just gets more complicated as you go on with it. And life requires management skills. Life requires you to be able to steward what's in front of you. Steward your time. Steward your resources. If you don't know what steward means, it means manage. Life requires for you to be able to manage things, and I've found that when life is going on, things become more complex, and it becomes more difficult to manage, and then I find myself in need. And I find myself asking 
God to do stuff in my life. Has anybody been asking God for anything lately? Anybody been praying lately? You think so? You don't have to say it out loud, but just think in your head. What have you been asking God for lately? What has been the primary thing that you have been wanting from God lately? Everybody got it in their head? Some of you guys are like, I haven't been asking God for anything. We're going to talk to you tonight as well. But I find this letter that James writes so interesting because he actually addresses what we should be asking God for and how to get answers from God. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The title of tonight's message is How to Get Answers from God. Anybody want answers from God? Because we find ourselves asking a lot, but it's not, we don't always get as many answers as we ask questions. Sometimes we're asking more questions than we're getting answers in response for. And I believe that God wants to address that tonight. So we're going to dive back into the passage. You guys have had, uh, if you've been here for the past two weeks, you have encountered this passage of Scripture several times. We've been doing our, our, our quick Bible study time before worship and then preaching. And now this week we did the same passage again. And now we're going to preach from this passage again. But last week I only taught the first four verses. Now I'm going to teach the last four. James 1 verses 1 through 8 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Anybody convicted just off of that? I think that it addresses a lot of things in our lives because uh, we're going to dive straight into the fact that we talked about trials last week and how we could have a different perspective on it and how we're actually commanded to have a different perspective on it. And it's the only way we're actually going to make it through life if we get good at going through trials and understanding that God is producing something in us and he doesn't want us to just be producing something at a distance, but he actually wants to walk alongside us. He's given us his Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. We receive his spirit and he is a helper. He's one who comes alongside us to aid is what the word means and that he will walk us through our trials. But then James says immediately after that, it almost seems like he's going into a different subject, but he's not going into a different subject. It's connected to what he just said. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And many times we're asking God a lot of things, but what are you asking God for? 
What I find is a lot of times in my life, the first thing I want to ask God for is to change my trials. Fix my trials, change my circumstances, fix everything. And a lot of times that's what our prayers are. God, fix this, change this, change the situation, change my relationship with this person. Make this person like me more. Bring, bring us peace in our relationship. Man, would you help my boss? Come on. Would you help my family? Would you get me a new job? Come on. <laughs> Fix my bank account. Put generosity on somebody's heart to just fill my bank account. Many times we're asking God to change circumstances. And here's the deal. That's not a bad thing. You should pray about your situations. But James teaches us a way to pray about our situations. And he says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that God is producing perseverance in you. And perseverance is going to make you mature and complete. And if any of you lacks wisdom, so... James doesn't say, hey, whenever you're going through trials, if you just pray, that trial will stop. If you just pray, that difficult time is going to shift. That difficult season is going to end. That difficult person is going to get easier to work with. That conflict is going to be resolved. He doesn't say that. He says, you're going to go through trials. Consider it joy because when you go through difficult things, it actually helps you. And God is willing to work with you through that thing because trials produce good things in you when you allow God to work with you. And then if you're in the midst of it, ask God for wisdom if you lack wisdom. And so we're talking about how to get answers from God tonight. And the first way to get answers from God, step one, is to ask God for wisdom. Many times we are asking God to change a situation and then we're saying he's not answering our prayers. But we're not praying what he asked us to pray to him about. Ask God for wisdom. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I think that's phenomenal because God doesn't have to give you wisdom. But this is a promise. God's breathing this through James to speak to us. God's heart for his children is that he has wisdom available to us. But we have to understand how important it is for us to have wisdom. Wisdom is the most valuable thing you can have. It truly is. If God changed your circumstances by divine intervention, every time you were going through something you and you learned nothing from it and you didn't grow through it and he just showed up and fixed everything every time, would that ultimately be for your best no, it wouldn't. If, if we never go through anything, we genuinely become worse people. 
You ever met anybody who just has not gone through anything, seemingly? Everybody's been through some stuff. But those people who just, it seem, they just haven't been through anything. People who have not gone through difficult times have trouble having empathy for people who are going through difficult times. Have trouble connecting with people because of a lack of compassion. But compassion only comes from going through stuff. People who don't need anything ever are hard to connect with. But it is when we go through difficult things, one of the greatest things that it does for us is it humbles us. And this is the only way to really approach God in prayer is to come humbly. And situations sometimes have to humble you if you won't humble yourself. And I found that in my own life, that when I'm not willing to humble myself, life is going to humble me. And I need God, no matter whether I realize it in the moment or not. But wisdom over time teaches me I always need God. And it is a gift. So if you want answers from God, the first thing that you want to do is humbly come to God and acknowledge that you need him. And ask him for wisdom, not just for changes in your situation. I've found that wisdom is harder to come by than sometimes we even realize. Because what he's talking about here is not something that you just come across every day. You can have all the intellect in the world and have no wisdom. Because intellect is, ability, is an ability to process information. Knowledge is an ability to store up information. But wisdom is this. Wisdom is the capacity to understand and to function accordingly. It's one thing to have information. It's another thing to know how to move. It's another thing to know how to go about things. It's another thing to know how to function according to the knowledge that you have. And that's one of the greatest gifts that God can give you. Do you know that sometimes the circumstances you're in are because of a lack of wisdom? You didn't really know how to move. You didn't really know what to do. And sometimes one of the greatest things God can do is allow you to experience the consequences of your decisions, humble you, and then you go to him and he opens your eyes to how to make better decisions. That's a loving father who wants to equip you to grow and be wise and be more like him. I don't want my son to just be like spoiled and never have to think about anything and never go through anything and just I just do everything for him. That's not equipping him for real life. And that's not going to help him be useful to anybody. You're more useful to the people around you. And when you step into a space of leadership in any capacity to the people under you, when you've gained some wisdom on how to navigate some things. And this is why James says, when you face trials, if you lack wisdom, ask God, because you don't always need your trial changed. Sometimes you need wisdom for how to navigate that trial. And I've just found that some of the most difficult things that I have been through in life have just have taught me the most. And I can't deny that. I don't like it, but I can't deny that. 
that it's the difficult times that have taught me so much when I've looked to God. I, I think often about just the three-year span from me leaving one job and taking this job here. So much happened. So much obscurity, uh, low-paying jobs, humble circumstances, a lot of lack of clarity, and ultimately, I didn't really know that this is where God was leading me. And we had our, our preaching cohort just two days ago. Uh, any of you guys who were there, I'm glad you were there. Uh, if you guys didn't know about it, we've been meeting around quarterly. Anybody who's interested in, in preaching, learning how to preach, growing in that, we've been doing a meeting uh, on Sundays uh, just about every quarter. And one of the things that I was sharing in the meeting this past Sunday was how leading fitness classes taught me a lot about how to communicate up here. And I never would have thought that. Like, I never would have put a plan together for myself to be like, okay, God wants me to be a pastor at some point and wants me preaching, and so I'm gonna go work in a gym. I would never have put that plan together, but it gave me so much perspective, and God did so much in my life in that season. It was such a humbling season where I felt like I should be doing more. I felt like I should be doing better. I felt like I was too qualified to be working in a gym. I felt like I was too able, honestly, and capable and competent to be doing something that I did not want to be doing, but I knew God was having me do it, and it was this wrestle, where, and I always wanted it to be over. I was always looking for the way out. I was always looking for the, okay, God, I've been doing this for like a season, like we're moving to the next thing, right? Tomorrow, next month. And I was so focused. I mean, I would think of all the reasons that I hated doing it. And there were, there were also things that I felt like this isn't good for me. It isn't good for me to be here. It would be better for me to be doing something else. Name whatever that thing is. I, I would come up with different ideas at different times. But the truth was that because I stuck it out, God did what he wanted to do in that season. And so much came out of it. A lot of you guys have heard different stories. Just me doing training, working in a gym at the right time in the right place got me a completely free wedding. I never would have put those things together. I, I, I just would have never expected that that would have led to that. But one thing led to another, which led to a connection with one person who had a company that sponsored one wedding every year. And we had an amazing, beautiful wedding. We didn't know how we were really gonna get married and pay for it based on the season that we were in. Gabrielle wanted an extravagant wedding. And I felt like at the time it wasn't really feasible um, and God did it. And he did it through me sticking through this trial of a season. It was really difficult for me, very humbling and very challenging, but I could not deny that like I was learning lessons. I was meeting people and God was doing so much to set me up for the next season of my life. And I know that for each and every one of you, 
whether you believe it right now or not, whether you're aware of it right now or not, whether you really want to accept it or embrace it, God is using this season in your life right now to set you up for where he's taking you because he is taking you somewhere. But if you're in a rush to get to the next place because you don't really believe that he has you here, you're going to miss what he wants you to learn here. And that's why it's so important that you ask him for wisdom. You need insight. You need to understand how to move in this moment, not just to get out of the current situation that you're in, not just to rush to the next thing. There are so many sensitive things at play that your decisions are affecting. Your decisions are affecting your future. Your decisions are affecting the relationships around you. Your decisions are affecting future leadership stuff for you. Your decisions are affecting so much stuff that you don't even know is coming because God knows what's next. You think you know what's next, but you don't know. And contrary to popular belief, you are not going to manifest your future. You're going to walk into it. And God, his purposes will prevail. And so what you need is wisdom for how to function in his plan, not to try to enforce your own. And if you've been feeling like you're not getting answers to your prayers about your plan, then hello. That's why. Because your prayer should shift a little bit. And there should be some humility that you come before God. He says that we can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy. That needs to be our posture in prayer, not we're sitting on the throne of judgment and accusing God of not doing things well. But sometimes that's how we're praying. And then we think that he's supposed to be answering it. God, why are you not doing? And then the next day you're telling your small group, God's just not answering my prayers. You're cussing God out. And God's not responding. God loves you. God will listen. God may not respond until you ask the right question and take the right posture. And I've found for me, there's, there are sometimes there are points that I get to where I feel entitled. And it affects my posture in prayer. Where I feel like I'm supposed to like just declare stuff And I'm supposed to have this because God said, boom, 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 and it never works. It doesn't. Because pride starts creeping in. And anytime pride starts creeping in, that's a dangerous place for you to be because God's word says he opposes the proud and gives grace and shows favor to the humble I want God's favor, and I can't approach him with pride expecting to get favor in return. I'm going to get opposition. Anybody been running into a wall lately? Refusing to put down your pride? That's why. Pride turns God in opposition to you, and he will hold you there until you take the right posture. Because... He's not submitting to you. He's God. And we are welcomed to his throne of grace to obtain mercy 
in our time of need. The Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. This is where we can rejoice and consider it joy whenever we face trials because we have a God who cares, a God who will respond, a God who wants to come alongside us, but not a God who's going to submit to us and be answering our demands. And your prayers are not demands. They are requests. Jesus says, ask for anything in my name and it will be given you, not demand, ask. Our posture matters. You want to ask for wisdom if you want to get answers from God. And and here's why we need wisdom. Wisdom is the difference maker in every area of your life. It's the difference maker. There's so many times that we just need a change of perspective, a change of approach, a change in the way that we think, not a change in circumstances. God teaches me that on a daily basis because there are always circumstances that I'm ready to get out of, always circumstances that I'm ready to see change, always needs that I'm ready to see met. And God in his grace shows me how a shift in perspective, a shift in understanding, sometimes God shows me that I just don't need as much as I feel like I need. And that's a real challenging thing. Pastor Johnson preached, uh, what, maybe it was two weeks ago, about needs and wants. That was a challenging message. I hope you guys were here for it. But he talked about the fact that Jesus says, don't worry about anything. And, you know, your father knows what you need and will provide those things. But he doesn't say he's going to provide everything you want. And sometimes wisdom is just learning. I actually don't need that. And I'm wasting time making demands about needs that I don't really have, just wants. What if I just keep moving forward? And so wisdom makes sure sure we are not wasteful is one of the greatest gifts that it gives us. Because without wisdom, we waste everything. Anything that you have requires wisdom to know what to do with it. And you won't know what to do with it without wisdom and you will waste it. You will waste your time without wisdom. Because you just don't understand and know how to operate and act accordingly. You don't really understand the value of your time or what you're supposed to be doing with your time without wisdom. So many of us are wasting time. If you just look back at your day and with some wisdom, many times you'll be like, I wasted a good portion of that. Some of us are super busy wasting time. It's true. Day packed full of stuff we don't need to be doing because there's not wisdom applied to it. We can fill up our schedules with all kinds of things, but wisdom shows us what to do and what not to do. You will waste your resources without wisdom. You will waste your money without wisdom. You will waste everything that you have without wisdom. It doesn't matter how much you get. You can have everything in the world and with no wisdom as to what to do with it, you'll waste it. And we can spend all of our time trying to get stuff with no plan for what we're even really going to do with it. Because we're not moving in wisdom. Wisdom teaches us to number our days and understand how short life really is. Wisdom will check you 
and say, do you understand how short your life is? Do you understand 10 years from now what age you'll be? 15 years what age you'll be? 20 years what age you'll be? Are you considering that when, you, when you're going about your day-to-day activities and thinking, do I want to be doing that for the next 20 years? And is that going to get me to where I need to be in 20 years? Because 20 years is going to happen. Wisdom will sober you and make you act accordingly. Wisdom will humble you. Wisdom teaches you that you don't know everything you feel like you know. That's one of the greatest things it does for me. Because I have a tendency to feel like I know stuff. Like I know better. I know what to do. It's, it's a tendency that I have. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Wisdom has been teaching me over the long haul that I don't know everything. Wisdom will teach you that. Knowledge will puff you up. Knowledge will make you feel like you know more than you really do. Many of us will fill ourselves with knowledge and have no practical wisdom for what to do tomorrow. But we know all types of conspiracy theories, how to solve math problems, how to get an SBA loan. I don't know, random stuff, (laughs) random information. But the, but the truth is that we need more than knowledge. We need wisdom if we're going to really go about life accordingly. And one of the greatest things that God is offering us is an answer to that prayer. Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 9 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Some of y'all are not even wise enough to get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Do you know how much wisdom will bless you? Just God giving you insight into what to do will bless your life so much. Wisdom will bless your relationships on every level. Think of any relationship in your head, you need wisdom for it. Even if you think you know how to go about it perfectly, you don't. God knows. God knows each and every person you're going to come in contact with and how to function accordingly. We need wisdom to share the gospel. I see the gospel shared all the time with zero wisdom. Like, did you even think about what you were saying before you said it? Did you think about who you were talking to? Did you, did you even take it into consideration? I've found that especially in these times, man, with some wisdom, people are starving for God. Wisdom will show you how to expose somebody to what they're looking for. Not try to shove what you want into their head. Because that's not wise. Wisdom will lead somebody to what they're looking for. Knowledge will just throw it at them. And I found, I, was, I, had, I had an Uber driver yesterday that we had a long conversation, and he was asking me some questions, and I just prayed for wisdom, for how to share with him, for some challenging questions. And I believe God moved 
in that time. It was a powerful time that I didn't just rush to answer. I didn't just rush to respond. And I didn't just rush to try to give him information, but I really wanted God to meet him in a special way. And wisdom, wisdom will make you better at sharing the gospel. You need wisdom for everything. So again, what have you been asking God for lately? James says this in chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from everybody else being at fault? Oh, he doesn't say that. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. To covet means to desire what somebody else has and to be jealous. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. James is saying desires will cause a whirlwind in our life if we allow them to. But wisdom will show us how to navigate them. Wisdom will show us, is this a good desire or is this not? Is this a godly desire or is it not? How should I go about this? I see something that I want. How do I go about it? It's so important. I see this so frequently even in the church. Desire to go in ministry. How do you go about it? It's so important. Don't just take the reins and take things into your hands and try to kick doors down. That's a lack of wisdom. Wisdom will move slower than you want to move because wisdom makes better decisions. Do you know that sometimes ignorance will have you make 30 decisions that wisdom could have gotten you there in three? Wisdom, ignorance will have you knocking on 30 doors. Wisdom will have you walk through one and get to where you're going. But if you just let desire reign in your life, then you're not going to be making good decisions. But when you, when you understand that you don't know how to even get where you want to go, but God does, so you can humbly come before him and ask him for wisdom. And here's what I've found. Uh, some of us are not asking God for anything because we've been so discouraged. And here's what I would say. Tough times make it hard to want to pray, but tough times are when prayer matters the most. Tough times make it hard, makes it difficult to want to pray, but tough times are where prayer matters the most. So often when we go through difficult things, we don't want to pray, and that's when we're most tempted to just run off and do something stupid. If you've been tempted to do something stupid lately, I want to encourage you, don't. <laughs> Ask God for wisdom. We're all tempted to do stupid stuff. And going through difficult times will make us feel justified in doing stupid things. All you need is a good trial to make you feel justified in making a dumb decision. But wisdom will teach you that's never going to be the best decision for you. Wisdom will show you how to make good decisions even in difficult times. And I've found that difficult times are when I need answers from God the most because I cannot trust my own thoughts. 
I cannot trust my own reasoning. I need God's wisdom or else I will just up and go do something that's totally outside of his plan and make things more difficult for who? Me, not for him. He's fine. Now I have stuff I need to undo. Your feelings, your desires will have you say stupid stuff. Wisdom will teach you to shut your mouth. And sometimes we're going through difficult things, so we're just, and then do you know that once you put words out there, you can't take it back, and you're going to have to deal with the consequences and the results of what you've put out there, what you've spoken to people out of your trials and out of your difficult times. And so wisdom will teach you, when I'm going through a difficult time, I need to pray more. I need to be in the presence of God more, lest I do something stupid. And so how do we ask for wisdom? Number one is prayer, that which we've been talking about. Just literally ask God. Number two, read the Bible. Reading the Bible is is asking God for wisdom. You opening your Bible is asking God for wisdom. And when you pray and read the Bible together, that's a mean combination. I pray with my Bible because I don't always trust what I'm hearing. I need to filter it through the word and I need God to lead me through the word and I need him to confirm what he's saying through the word. And I need, I need word to stand on. So when God gives me wisdom and confirms it through the word, now I have something to stand on. And so if you need wisdom, pray and read the Bible. A great place to go directly for wisdom is the book of Proverbs. It is literally a collection of wisdom sayings in the Old Testament. Uh, But there's wisdom all throughout the scriptures. When you're reading somebody's life story in scripture, you can literally pull so much wisdom from looking at how God operates in that person's life. God corrects people. God responds to people. God commends people. I want to do more of the stuff that God says, I like that, and less of the stuff that God says, I hate that. And that's wisdom. If I'm going to make a decision in life, has somebody made this decision in the Bible? How did God operate with them in this situation? That's what I want to know. And that is wisdom. And so you want answers from God. You ask God for wisdom. The second thing is you need to know who you're praying to. Because he says this. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. So much is implied Right there. This is a description of who you're praying to. This is who you're talking to. You're not talking to some angry God who's stingy and doesn't want to give you what you're asking for. You're talking to God. You should ask God. Why? Because he actually will give it generously without finding fault in you. I love the grace of God. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. I'm so grateful that we have a good God. Do you know that God doesn't have to be good? We could have like a not good God. This is why I find God so worthy of worship. 
of my worship. He's worthy of worship just in and of himself. But of my worship, one of the things that inspires me to worship is just his goodness. He doesn't have to love me. He doesn't have to be good. If he wanted to, he could turn on me right now. Tomorrow, turn on me. But he won't. And he's not going to change because he's decided to never change. And he's decided to maintain his goodness and his character and his love no matter what I do. And so I need to know who I'm praying to because if, I'm, if, if not, my prayers are going to be limited by my perspective on who I'm talking to. And sometimes our prayers are limited to who we think God is instead of rising to the level of who he actually is. Sometimes we're making demands of God because our view of him is small. Sometimes we're angry at God because of who we think he is, and we make character assumptions about him instead of acknowledging the truth about his character, which is he's good, he's generous. It's like I, I can't explain it enough that he doesn't have to respond to a prayer. He could make us all line up. I'm only taking one at a time. Yep, seven billion. I'm eight billion, nine billion. I I know, y'all don't know. Make us all line up, ask one at a time, and tell all of us no. He could. He could. Sometimes if you consider the options, it will grow your appreciation for his goodness. I can just ask God and he'll answer For real, he doesn't have to. He's not going to make me jump through a bunch of hoops. Jesus Christ has already taken care of all the requirements for me to get in position to ask God and actually get a response. Oh, that's good news. Sometimes we need to remember the gospel, remember who we're talking to, that Jesus Christ did not come die on a cross so you could wear it on a shirt or a necklace Jesus Christ put on human flesh and lived a sinless life. Went through everything that humans go through and then allowed himself to be murdered. A painful death. So that you and I could even approach God. Because without the sacrifice of Jesus, you can't approach God. Because you've rebelled against God. You've disrespected, been disobedient, dishonored. You've been disqualified in your own right. But God himself decided to fix the situation and meet all of your requirements and now desires to give generously to you. That you can boldly approach his throne, not shrink up to his throne and not feel like you got to ask anything timidly, but he says that you can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy. I'm so grateful for a gracious, loving God that I can pray to and he'll respond. And the enemy doesn't want you to really believe that. The enemy wants you to walk out of here and still be complaining all day because he knows if you could get a grasp 
of the power of asking God for what you need and seeing him actually give it to you, it would change your life. And it wouldn't leave any space for him because all he brings is doubt. You know what I heard yesterday that really ministered to me? A pastor said this. He said, God has never put a doubtful thought in your mind. If you have a thought of doubt, it did not come from God because God has never put a thought of doubt in a person's mind. God gives faith. Which is our our last point. You want to get answers from God, you ask in faith. He says, when you ask, there are conditions. Don't just come asking any type of way, with any type of attitude, with all kind of doubt in your heart, uh, assuming things about God and accusing God of things. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And God has no interest in responding to something you don't even believe he'll do. That's just, that's his nature. Now, there's a lot of ways that God could be. And God has chosen to be gracious and be generous and be loving towards us. But he has not chosen to respond to doubt. That's one of his things. That's one of his stipulations. Do not come to him with a bunch of doubt and expect to receive anything. And that's what I'm tempted to do all the time. I'll ask God, but I'm kind of upset he didn't do it already. And I don't know if he's going to do it. All right, God. Well, you said... That you would take care. But, uh, you know, you haven't really been showing up like I expected. So if you care, if you love me. Now, that's the type of stuff that I know God doesn't like. But I believe that it's something that we're all tempted to do. I know that those questions arise in my heart. Like, God, do you really care about this? It's not that I don't think you care about me, but do you care about this, though? Do you care about this area of my life? And when I look back at his track record, I see that in every season of my life, he's been with me and he's taken care of me. And he's worked things out, even through difficult times. I've come out of them. I'm still here. I don't have to be here. I'm still here. And what I know is that God wants his children to recognize his goodness and approach him with an understanding and appreciation of what his character actually is and who he actually is. And so he wants you to ask in faith, and it's simply about believing what, believing that you will receive what you've asked for, and that requires you to trust in the character of God. It requires me to trust that God is good. Even when my situation is difficult, that does not mean that God doesn't love me. It doesn't mean that he's not good. It doesn't mean that he's not going to follow through on his word. God is good, but in order for me to ask him for something in faith, I have to stand on what I know about him. 
And when I start wavering on that, it doesn't cause me to respond to him in faith. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over us. Um, and I felt specifically to pray uh, about this area right here, asking in faith versus doubting. Because I, I do believe that there's, there are probably many of us in the room who have struggled with this. And, and I want to tell you this, that this is not a condemnation of your struggles. As I mentioned, we all wrestle with doubt. The thing is, you can bring your doubt to God. It's just about when you're asking him to receive something, when you're asking in doubt, it clogs the line. But what you can do is bring that doubt to God. I I saw a man do this with Jesus one time in the scriptures. He asks Jesus, can you please deliver my son from this demon he's been dealing with? He says, if you can, would you heal him? And Jesus says, if I can. <laughs> Me? God? If I can? What, what, what do you mean? And, and he says, humbly, he says, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. And, and I, I believe that that's a posture that so many of us need to take tonight. And it's actually something that I want to pray over specifically. I want to, I want to ask you guys to stand to your feet. And I truly believe that, um, that we could receive all types of things tonight from anywhere in the room. But I'd, this, is, this is myself included. Like if I was down here, I would, I would stand. I would come down to the front. And I want to invite anybody who specifically uh, has been wrestling with, with doubt I just want to invite you down front so that I could pray with you specifically. If you've been wrestling with believing that you will receive what you ask for from God, if you've been wrestling with doubting who he is, how much he loves you, whether he'll actually do what he said he would do, you guys can fill in this middle portion as well. All y'all about to come down. I guess I'm talking to the right people. God knows. God knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. You and I, we all struggle with this. And this is why it's such an amazing promise that we can boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy. I need mercy when I'm doubting. You need mercy when you're doubting. You serve a merciful God that even... Even though God has done so much for you, he's done so much in your life, you're still wrestling with this. You still struggle to believe in him. You still struggle to believe whether he's good. And he's so gracious that he'll walk with you through that. And he'll continue to show his goodness to you. He'll continue to let goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. That's what David realized. And at the, at the end of Psalm 23, he goes through all Psalm 23 and says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He he, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. David understood the beauty of relationship with God. And at the end, he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me 
all the days of my life. I actually want to read that over you guys right now. I just feel like God is leading me to specifically read that passage over you guys because I've found so often that I need to be reminded of that. He says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to just lean into this. Let this wash over you. The the word of God washes us, cleanses us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I thank you for your children all across this room. God, I just thank you for your goodness, the fact that you love us. Lord, I pray that you would restore faith in the hearts of all those who are doubting. Lord, I pray that we would have moments and encounters with you. And Lord, I pray that you would give us an awareness of your presence even right now in this moment. God, I pray that you would remind us of your goodness and help us to hold on to it and believe it. Lord, we know that you are our helper. Your spirit is our helper. You help us in everything that we need. And Lord, I pray that you would help our unbelief. If that's you, just ask him right now. Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief and stir faith in me. Lord, I just pray that you would stir faith in each and every person watching online, right here in the building. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them. Lord, that you would remind them that no matter what they're going through right now, that you are with them. Even in the darkest valley, you are there. And because you are there, they are okay. You will take care of us. You will walk us through. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us, God. You protect us. Lord, you fight off enemies. Lord, you will deliver us from all evil. And Lord, I just pray that my brothers and sisters will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I declare that they will see the goodness of God in their life. They will see the goodness of God in their situation, Lord. After they have suffered a little while, Lord, I know that you will develop perseverance and maturity and completion and they will not lack a thing and they will have fresh perspective. And most importantly, they will have a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're in this room and you do not have a relationship with Jesus right now, you have not received Jesus. I mentioned earlier that Jesus paid the price for you to be able to ask God anything. 
Jesus paid the price for you to have a prayer life. Jesus paid the price for you to be forgiven and be in right standing with God. And if and you receive that by his grace, but through your faith in him. And if you are, need to make a decision today to receive that and to follow him, it's not just something you passively receive, but you make a life decision to say, I'm going to receive what Jesus has done and, and he has my life now. I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna follow his paths. The word just said he leads us along the right paths for his name's sake. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. If you want to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want you to lift your hand because I don't want to leave this moment without that. I see you. I see you. I see you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I thank God that he sent you here tonight. I thank God that he sent you here tonight. He says that no man can come to me unless the Father draws them. You cannot come to Jesus unless he's already inviting you, pulling on your heart, drawing you. That's why you feel what you feel right now. And so I want, you, I want to pray with you, and I want you guys to pray along with me. And this is, this is your profession of faith. He says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that, that, he, that he died for you and that the that Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to pray this with you and I want you to pray along with me and all the believers around the room, we're going to let this be a chorus to heaven. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you lived a sinless life in human flesh with me in mind. And I believe you went to a cross and you died so that my sin debt would be paid. And I believe you're not dead anymore. I believe you resurrected, that you walked out of the grave, and that you took your rightful place as God Almighty, Savior of humanity. I believe that you can forgive my sins and I receive your forgiveness. And I invite you to make me new. I repent for all of my sins and I turn away from my old life. I turn completely to you. You're in charge now. You have me and everything that I have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, look, I don't want us to rush out of this moment. I actually want us to take just a few moments. The, the band is going to sing. Uh, and, and this is a particular song that I wanted us to sing because it, it's a song where we are asking God for wisdom. God, I look to you and I won't be overwhelmed. Give me wisdom. Give me vision to see things like you do. And so I just want us to take a moment to soak this in. And I want you to pay attention to what God starts doing in your heart and in your mind. And if he starts giving you some fresh insight on something, some fresh awareness about something, I want you to hold on to that. I want you to hold on to that. You may need to write something down, but I just want us to take a moment because God wants relationship with you. And I can't tell you that enough. God wants relationship with you. He's really alive. He really speaks. And sometimes it's just the gift of, oh, wow, I was sad and now I'm not. I'm gonna write that down. 
that getting in his presence, reminding myself of his word, declaring his word over me, sets me free, changes my atmosphere, changes my heart. Well, I'm gonna get out of our way and let us worship God.